0: Is that going to be a Joaquin Phoenix person no it's not but is he the known person in his field for doing that particular thing yeah and that's who you want to be you're you're not there to win an Oscar you're there to get clients and be known as the trusted person in your field who knows what they're talking about and can serve as clients so that to me is an ideal case study
1: you're listening to The Client Catching Podcast, the show that uncovers how high-performing service-based business leaders are successfully navigating the ocean of complexity around growing their business. Now, as anyone with the talent and guts to start a business knows, it takes a lot more to grow one than just being great at what you do, and you can't do it alone. So this podcast will show you how other captains of their own ship, just like you, have found the right strategy to catch more clients, simplified everything, and transformed their business. So if you're ready to do the same, then jump aboard and join me, Adam King, host and the captain at Think Like a Fish, and let's go fishing. This episode of the Client Catching Podcast is sponsored by the Think Like a Fish £100,000 Growth Accelerator Mentorship Programme. Now, it's designed to help you add £100,000 of new client revenue by implementing my proprietary growth methodology into your business, the Growth Accelerator ecosystem. And it's done so that you can repeat it again and again and grow your business to the next level. And unlike most consulting programs out there, I'm so confident the results that you can get from this, that the bulk of your investment is linked to you landing clients and hitting predetermined revenue targets up to £100,000. Now, if you're curious and you want to see how this all works, then register for my on-demand masterclass, the three growth accelerators that can add £100,000 plus of new client revenue to your business in 6 to 12 months. And you can do that at thinklikeafish.co.uk slash masterclass. That's thinklikeafish.co.uk slash masterclass. Hello and welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, let me ask you something. Would you rather chase clients constantly having to explain what you do and justify your prices or be a sought after expert that stands out from your competition and creates your own demand for the services that you provide? Now, I'm going to assume that you chose number two. or at least I hope you did anyway, because that's exactly what happens when you build authority. And one of the most powerful ways you can actually build authority is through publicity. And no, I'm not talking about the, the whole ab-fab stereotype that's all about cocktails, trying to be trendy and all that kind of random stuff. No, I'm talking about publicity as a way to get your message in front of ideal potential clients to build authority and credibility. Now, it's slightly different from maybe a purist view of marketing, which is primarily created and delivered by you or your business. Because, but, but publicity, it's slightly different as it carries the authority of an independent voice. And it can seriously boost your uh, expect status in the eyes of your ideal clients. And when used strategically, publicity can result in more clients and higher revenues as you, your services, and your business are exposed to a wider net of customers in an authoritative way which all sounds good, but maybe you're thinking, well, how do I get all this publicity without literally spending thousands on a traditional sort of public relations agency or or something like that? Well, this is exactly what my guest today is a true expert at doing for her clients. She's been a celebrity interview, a talent agent, a radio host, and a podcast producer. And as the founder of the Talent Squad, she specializes in helping entrepreneurs, authors, and experts get and get ready for the right publicity to grow their audience and their client base. And as I'm pretty certain I haven't had anyone on the show so far that's rubbed shoulders with the likes of John Travolta, Colin Farrell and Joaquin Phoenix, I'm really looking forward to hearing a few stories. So I'm absolutely delighted to welcome my guest today on the Client, pa- uh, client Catching Podcast, Kelly Glover. Kelly? Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Adam. And I really appreciate the absolutely fabulous reference. I'm yet to go to a PRPR PR person of the lunch month, which I've always wanted to do. So thank you
1: <laughs> yeah um, I mean that's a very uh, that's a very British thing and, and I think um, maybe for few people are gonna detect the accent that it's uh, you're, you're joining us from Sydney Australia that's right
0: yes I' I'm in Sydney at the moment I escape the New York winter I'm a bird I fly south for the summer and then I go back in February to Los Angeles so uh, yeah I figured out the remote thing pretty quick it's pretty good
1: yeah, well, the, the the wonders of modern technology, eh? Um, you know, we can be talking um, over over the internet um, all the way from uh, Australia and Sydney. You're not actually the first Australian I've had on. Um, that uh, that goes to uh, Michael Griffiths, who I had on the other day. But yeah, it's, um, it's it's crazy, isn't it? And I guess that must be one of the things that you actually are able to take advantage of with with what you do and how you help people.
0: Oh absolutely most of my clients are in the US but it's funny you know how people always say oh do you know do you know Michael I actually have met Michael Griffiths so so the only two Australians that you have had on yes I've met him so yeah but with podcasting the great thing is you can do it across time time zones and locations so it enables i call it the speaking gig you can do from your house or in your case the fancy shed so you can do it at any time any place anywhere as long as you've got a microphone which is pretty amazing uh no flights no travel no hotels perfect
1: absolutely and by the way the reference to the fancy shed is um introduced clearly to uh, to to where the uh, uh, the uh, the ship is is moored um, here at Think Like a Fish, and uh, yeah, my my fancy shed is the uh, the office that we have built in the garden. So that's what I call it, or what my friends lovingly call it. So in case that reference sort of passed you by, I just have it's interest. beautiful.
0: So, the lighting is amazing.
1: Well, it's uh, well the lighting is great, but the weather is rubbish outside today. But that's typical Brit weather. Hey, eh? so <laughs> so Kelly, why don't you sort of give us a, a sort of an idea of of the kind of clients that you work with and and, and the problem that you solve for them?
0: Sure. So we book podcast tours for entrepreneurs and authors. And we look at the podcast tour as the new book tour and publicity tour. So it's about reaching niche audiences. Like I said, it's a speaking gig without leaving your house. But also podcast allows you to spend a lot more time with your audience. Um, So I think people think of podcasts, they think of it almost like reading a book where you intend to listen to the whole episode and 86% of listeners listen to most or all of the episode, as opposed to other media where you might scroll through, you might look at a photo, you might click, you might read a headline. And I think that you get a lot of people's personality just in hearing hearing their voice. And a lot of it is on videos these days. So the no like and trust factor is expedited. So it's earned media and a lot of people are turning to podcast because it is on trend and it's getting bigger but it's really spending more time with your ideal client
1: yeah there's there is something about the uh the format being audio and and the ability to consume the content while you're doing a lot of other things um i personally listen to podcasts doing all sorts of other things whether it's cooking dinner or 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 sort of when my when my my youngest uh, daughter was um yeah, in, in that sort of uh, witching hour period. And I take her out for a walk around the village for, for an hour and a half at the, each night. And that the only thing that would keep her quiet. But I was listening to podcasts during that time. And I was constantly sort of, you know, that's what I do. It's almost like I, you use it with dead time, or you could use it on commuting or all that kind of thing. So it's a fantastic way to really, as you say, get intimate and, and get your message to an ideal uh, an ideal audience. I'm not sure how that's going to come out in the edit, but we had some uh, technical issues uh, on my side. Uh, Good old uh, Virgin Media. Thank you very much. Um, But as Kelly and I were coming back on, we just had a, a conversation around. Actually, it's one of the benefits of podcasts, because if something like that happens in, say, if you're on a stage in front of 500 people and the tech issues come up and all the rest of it, that can be a bad thing, and it can it can really impact the the impression, even though it's not your fault of of your expertise potentially. But podcasts, this isn't live; it can be edited, and uh, hopefully, it will be edited nice and smoothly. So, um, Kelly, what? Yeah, I mean, have you have you sort of experience of um, or, or any stories about how people have gone out and looking and other and, and spoken on stages or publicity or, or things like that, and how? things like this have cropped up and had a had a negative impact and how they then turned that around
0: i i think we've all been at a conference where the projector doesn't work or the slides don't work or the slides don't click along and people lose their spot or the audio doesn't work so there's always technical stuff that happens at event and i think people just you just have to roll with it don't you Um, and especially these days because everything's recorded so even if the person's ready to go now that they're recorded and they're offered later on as a watch the recordings after the event sometimes that holds up the live event so is it for the audience in the room or is it for the audience watching it six months down the track so I guess it depends on um, yeah but you know everyone usually everyone understands everyone rolls along with it
1: And are you a believer that there's no there, there's no bad publicity? There's just publicity or whatever the saying is. No such thing as bad publicity.
0: Oh, I think that there's plenty of bad publicity. I won't mention any, but there, there's been a lot this past 24 months, 12 months. So, um, yeah, I don't believe that. I don't want to call out names because some of the things are pretty horrible. So I won't be calling out any names. But, yeah, no, I did not subscribe to that. Do you, Adam?
1: No, not at all. Because yeah, I mean, if you've done something terrible and it's blasted everywhere, then you know it's almost like you'd rather not have the publicity because you know your your faux pas are being dragged through the mud, um, and it's very public, and that's a hard thing to come back from. What would let's let's turn the conversation a little bit more positive and focus on what good publicity looks like, specifically if you're running a. Uh, a business that works with clients, or you, you you sort of sell a service based on your knowledge, your expertise, that kind of thing. What is good publicity for? somebody in that position
0: so uh with regards to being a guest expert on podcasts i think showcasing your expertise sharing with the audience and podcasts are really good with teaching people teaching people things so if you go on there as a person that is giving away all your expertise then that gives you expert status it gives you exposure um it helps build relationships it helps spend time with people, you get the SEO from the show notes. So there's so many benefits to going on podcasts. And it all comes back to that earned media, which is exposure.
1: The beauty of podcasts is it's it's got such a long tail effect as well, because people were constantly discovering shows and and people go back. And I don't know if you found but Podcast listeners tend to be binge listeners. Is in when they find a show that they like, they'll then go back and listen to multiple episodes. They'll load them up if they're going on a long trip or something like that. And uh, yeah, so yeah, you, you kind of appear on one, and that could come back in six months, a year, two years, however long. So that's yeah, it's it's out there constantly, and and it will give you that nice sort of drip over and over over time. So. What, what would you say to anyone that, that has never done anything like this, that's never either been on a podcast interview, has never been interviewed, has never spoke on stage and, and might be sort of having that apprehension about it? How would you help someone? First of all, get over that. And, and and second of all really understand the benefits of, of doing it
0: okay i would say podcasting is great publicity for introverts because you can do it at home it's one-to-one you don't have to look at 500 people in a room in their eyeballs so it is very intimate and usually it is pre-recorded so it's not live so if you want to reach a niche audience one-to-one but But, you know, 500,000, 2,000, 3,000 podcast listeners, this is great. And I always recommend to my clients just starting out, practice in private before you go public. So there's no reason that you can't just practice on your laptop at home with a friend, family, um, even um, you could get sort of – you could do – practice with other people in your niche area and just do the recording a number of times so you can get comfortable with it so by the time you do go on air with a real person you're comfortable with answering the questions staying on message getting those key talking points out so yeah i would say practice before you um start doing it for real
1: yeah i mean yeah you could do something like this have uh, it might be a bit weird if you're in another room but get on a zoom call and and, and have a conversation with someone and just sort of get that yeah, get the feeling for it. And, and I can attest, I am a, I'm a natural introvert. And this has been my savior as an introvert having a podcast. It's fantastic. Um, because yeah, it, it gives me a chance to have some great conversations, which I enjoy doing one on one rather than sort of that overwhelm of, of putting yourself out there and all that kind of stuff. So it's yeah, it's yeah, it's a fantastic way of doing that. And would you suggest then that if someone is seriously considering doing this as a way to reach a reach an audience that they have things prepared, or at least they have an understanding of the message they want to come across, or is it kind of let's, let's sort of do the natural thing and and wing it in a way.
0: Yeah. So I think preparation is absolutely key. I've prepared for this interview. I'm still having a chat with you, but I know my talking points. I know my messaging. And I think with people that want to go on podcasts that are service providers and entrepreneurs, we know you know your expertise, but it's a matter of boiling it down to um, the best talking points that you can to relate to the audience so you can stay on track most Most of the time we're still having a good chat. And if you do that practice beforehand, when you do the chat, you're able to go off in different directions. But if you don't and you just wing it, I think um, that's where it's a mistake and you might end up wasting the opportunity inadvertently. So, yeah, I would always practice and prepare beforehand and not stick to a script or just like be a robot talking about the things and not listening to the person's questions. But if you do that prep, that's just going to make you relaxed on air and then just and just roll with it
1: couldn't agree more and obviously um i mentioned in the uh, the introduction that you've got some experience of and en- interviewing celebrities like sort of john travolta and uh joaquin phoenix who's very current obviously with a joker movie and all that kind of stuff so you know a thing or two about both giving interviews and potentially being on interviews so do you have any any tips for someone that apart from sort of preparing that they could use to 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 have a really great interview that will actually achieve the objective of of connecting with the audience and potentially attracting them to your business?
0: Yeah. So I would say use case studies, use examples and use stories because people are more likely to remember that as an audience member than just the chitty chat chat back and forth. And that way it showcases your expertise. And there's kind of a two-way thing. As an interviewer, my goal is to break the tape of the interviewee. And what that means is, especially with the celebrities that you're talking about, they're used to giving interviews back to to back-to-back, saying the same things over and over again. And your goal is to get them to say something different because you're looking for a quote, right? And so breaking the tape, we've all got that little tape recorder in our head and that's when you prepare, which we were talking about, um you just press play and you spit out the same thing over and over again without necessarily listening to what the person is saying or giving specific examples so if you can prethink that so as an interviewer interviewee relationship it's to know that that's what the interviewer is trying to do but also preempt that and try to give them something else from the beginning so we're not we're not in the celebrity situation where we're giving a hundred interviews on the same Topic that's going out to different media, so you can have a wider um, range of topics and expertise and talking points. And I think what people like is real life scenarios and you know, just being being raw and telling the truth that is more relatable. So I would definitely look at it that way.
1: Hey, this is Adam, and thanks very much for listening to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, as you're here, I'm assuming that you're looking for ideas to help you win new clients and grow your business. Otherwise, you'd probably be looking listening to a different podcast, right? So look, while everything that my guests and I talk about can work if they're done properly, there are some growth strategies that are meant for different businesses at different stages of growth. So they're not necessarily all suitable for everyone. Problem is, like, how do you know which ones to use for your business? Well, that's why I've created the Business Growth Stage Scorecard at thinklikeafish.co.uk slash scorecard This will measure you against three key accelerators of growth and identify the solutions and action steps that you can take specific for the stage that you're in right now. So all you need to do is answer a few simple multiple choice questions that will take you less than four minutes to do. So go to thinklikeafish.co.uk slash scorecard and discover the right growth strategies for your specific stage of business. Okay, let's get back to the show. The power of celebrity, you, you can't really argue against because celebrities are celebrities for a reason. And and I guess it's, it's a micro version that we're looking to achieve as a business owner or an expert. Um, we're never going to be on the big talk shows talking about our individual businesses as much as we love them and, and we think they're great and our clients are great. That's not going to mobilize the masses to want to tune in. But That's why something like a podcast or getting on stages and things like that, it it effectively increases your own celebrity in the eyes of potential clients. And that's powerful, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so you are an authority in your field. It is going to elevate your expertise status, expert status, and also reinforce your status. And it is real influence, not the Instagram influencers. You actually have an opportunity to influence people. And I would say that... um, you're there to teach rather than you're ready to teach rather than be an, um, talk about yourself in the business. So when you start pitching podcasts to get that spot, what you really need to do is look at the audience and what they want to learn instead of going, Hey, I want to be on your show and talk about myself. It's more about, Hey, I know I can see that your audience is doing X, Y, Z. And I would like to show them how to do X, Y, Z. So it's about giving and teaching um, and sharing your personal story as opposed to talking about your book or your sales or your product. So it's less about that and more about the other elements, I would say.
1: Are you able to give us an example of, of somebody that you've worked with that has gone from relatively unknown? I hate using the word, I hear some people using the word nobody. And I don't like that. Nobody's a nobody, right? But from, yeah, unknown um, or undiscovered, hidden gem, that kind of thing, to using this process of, of micro-celebrity or publicity um, and and the kind of the before and after, but really what that journey looked like for them on that way?
0: Well, a lot of the time I think the person is an expert in their field, so there might be a celebrity in their own area. So we had a client who was an accountant to dentist, right? And That was his ideal client. Now, you might be surprised to know that there are actually a lot of dental podcasts because dental practices are their own business. So they're all looking for financial guidance. So he went on dental podcasts and those were his ideal clients. And he ended up having a 1600% ROI. So people would hear him on, you know, the, this podcast, another podcast, another podcast. Then they might go, cause there's only a you know, finite amount of them. They might go to the website, they might read some blogs and then they would go to him because he's the expert in his field. So is that going to be a Joaquin Phoenix person? No, it's not. But is he the known person in his field for doing that particular thing? Yeah. And that's who you want to be. You're, you're not there to win an Oscar. You're there to get clients and be known as the trusted person in your field who knows what they're talking about and can serve as clients. So that to me is an ideal case study.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, well, my, my mind goes to, uh, the reason why dental podcasts are so great is if you've ever been, I mean, when I go to the dentist, they've either got a radio on or they're listening to some sort of talk radio. And maybe they're listening to those in the background because you can't get to a dentist when they've got their hands in someone's mouth. Um, it just doesn't work because, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe your dentist can be so, uh, yeah, skilled that he can take a phone call, um, about something that you do while he's got a drill in someone's mouth. But I wouldn't go back to that dentist, but there you go. Um, So I have to ask you a question around um, the the, the celebrity side of things. And if if you've got a a, a story, whether you're allowed to drop names or anything like that, but uh, yeah, a story around the realities of that sort of world that could be a teaching point for people that want to have the authority within their own market uh, market.
0: Um, I would say, so I used to do the red carpets in Hollywood and that's standing on the movie premieres with it, that used to be a tape recorder back in the day. And now it's, you know, whatever iPhone or whatever, and the other ones were the round tables. So that's when you sit on a table in a hotel and the celebrity comes around every 10 minutes or 20 minutes for movie premieres. That's a, pre, that's a press junket. So I guess it is, I think the biggest lesson I took is the breaking the tape recorder. Otherwise people are just going to say whatever they're going to say. And it's about observing the other person and trying to pick something different and get that story out of them. And the other thing is media is a job for people. So you need to, you need to act the professional when you are interviewed and don't think podcasts, oh, it's a podcast. It doesn't really count. It is there forever and also the way that the internet and things are going, show notes, transcriptions, SEO comes up. So treat it as, it. you might not be there for a movie premiere, but it doesn't mean that you don't treat it like a true media experience. And it's not, it's actually going to live for longer, I think, and just spending more time with people. So not only is it the media experience, you also have to have the things to back it up. So if people do go to your website after you've, done your call to action during the show or at the end of the show you need to have a good website you need to have your socials to back it up you need to have those amazing headshots you need to have your lead magnet ready so make sure people actually have something to go to which means that you need to be prepared before you even pitch otherwise it could end up blowing up in your face so i would completely vet your online not vet sorry i would completely assess your online presence because we've all heard of those people that go and do media interviews and then some random photos come up from whenever and it kind of undoes them or they tweet something out irresponsible and they go back and they said some comment on a night out. So don't be that person. Um, The other thing to think about during your interviews is You can talk about the positive and negatives. You can take a stand. You can prove you're right. So maybe have some facts to back up and some stats to back up what you're saying. So I think that people like to think that it's winging it, but in order to look like it's winging it, there actually is preparation and you can bet any of those celebrities they've had their notes, they know what they're talking about, they've got examples, they don't just go into the interview. It looks like they do, but you know that there's a publicist behind them with talking points, keeping them on point, keeping them to 10 minutes and making sure that it's a well-oiled machine.
1: I think that one thing that, I mean, from from hosting this podcast myself, but also going on others and all the rest of it, and taking that sort of parallel between the celebrity world and, and the business world, I look at certain celebrities and they are, revered by the media. Um, I think someone like Will Smith, for example, he is someone that I don't think anyone ever says a bad word about because he's so giving. And that's a lesson that you can, I can assume you could also take um, into this arena because you're not Will Smith. I'm not Will Smith. So I'm not just going to sort of dine out on the name. You have to sort of turn up in a giving way. And that doesn't just, I guess, stay with the interview itself it's what you can do after it it's how you can help the host and it's that then gets them potentially talking about you and introducing you them or you to other people and yeah it's it's kind of show up and be helpful not just show up do an interview say bye Does, am i making sense with that or have i gone off on a tangent <laughs>
0: No, no, no. You're absolutely right. Because a lot of people think that the audience is the target of being using podcasting as a guest strategy, but sometimes it is the host. You can, the host could become a client. There's possible affiliate relationships with the client. You can cross cross promote. If you end up having a podcast, you can then invite the host to be on your podcast. There's partnerships, there's referrals. And also those hosts may refer you to other shows if you've been an excellent guest. So it comes to offering value when you are pitching offering value to the audience and then following up and also sharing the show there's no point in going on a show and then not actually sharing the socials telling people about it and being an active promoter of the show afterwards and you also have an opportunity to repurpose that content as well so if you've been on a show rate the rate the show, reviewed the show, share the show with other people. And then you can always pull a quote from it, stick it on Instagram and share it out there and keep that going and put it in your own content cycle. So, um, and then you actually have a one-on-one relationship with the host that can go well beyond a 30 minute or a 60 minute interview. And that is often more valuable and they can be a client or you can be one of their clients it's gone the other way where i've been an interviewee on a show and i've loved the person and they said actually how can i work with you and so there's um longevity and there's benefits in a lot more than just people listening to a show and downloads
1: could not agree more and and i say that the roi in in well having the podcast myself but also you know from other people coming on and you know, others going on podcasts and, and going on other podcasts the return on investment is in the relationships because there's not many opportunities where you actually get to sit down or you know over over a a, a bad internet connection have a have a, an in-depth conversation about someone and their expertise and just a, a jolly good conversation and that's that connects in, an, in a completely different way if you and i met at a networking event for example we probably maybe get five ten minutes but That would be a very finite amount of time that you'd really get to know someone and there's something about this media that that relationship that comes up you get to know things about people i think it's a fantastic way of doing it so how would somebody go about actually going out and getting this publicity getting on the podcast getting on stages do you have a process that you would follow or advise people
0: Yes. So if this is something that you decide that you'd like to do, the first thing you need to do is do that online audit of yourself and go across all your assets. Because the thing you need to be is before you even get media ready, you need to be pitch ready, right? So you need to look at all your socials, make sure you've got those headshots that we spoke about, make sure you've got a one sheet, make sure you've got your online press kit, make sure you've got a tech setup, which um, the one I'm using today, you can do it pretty affordably, I would say just don't use the standard laptop microphone. My setup's less than $100. I'm not sure what that is in pounds. It's just an ATR 2100. I've got some headphones. I've got a mic stand. So you can get get in there and be professional. So even before you pitch, have that ready, because what if someone says, yes, I've got a spot. Can you get on there at 10 o'clock? Then you need to be the person that says yes. Um, And I would also say, make sure if you need a lighting set up, even just a light in front of you or just a little quiet place to do the podcast, make sure you have that go-to spot And also be camera ready. Make sure that you know that you need to be camera ready before you hop on because people will say, Oh, it's audio only. And then they'll say, By the way, we're going live and it's going to be a Facebook Live. Hope you're ready. So there's a few preparation things that you just need to know. That's even before you pitch, just in case it is a yes. I would also have those topics. I would have the talking points. I would have the messaging. I would have your sound bites ready and any assets to send the host because they will always request a bio. They will always request the headshots. And um, something else to be prepared with is the a scheduling link. You can get those for free these days. So like a calendarly, a schedule once, an acuity, and that just helps you with all the different time zones. So if you're in the UK, Australia, the U S has like so many across the country, mountain time, central time, I don't even know what they all are. Um, and if you can just click that schedule and it figures it out, especially with daylight saving, that is making the host's job easier. Um, the other thing is really work on those subject lines because if you don't have that perfect, then it, your email may not even get opened. So just pitching does not mean you're going to get a yes and know that you might have to send X amount of pitches to get that one yes. So don't be put off by that. It's a long game.
1: I can attest that Kelly's preparation is by far the most thorough of any guest I've had on to this show so far. The the information that she makes available, the resources, the she's got her, a separate web page that goes and, and lists all of the the sort of topic ideas and questions and her bio and all this sort of thing. There's so much there. It's almost like I could probably fill an interview for a couple of days with the amount of, of great things there are. And that to me, it stood out. As a host, I'm looking at that because I, I I prepare the introductions because I believe that it's important to research someone to understand them. But it made my job a lot easier. And Yeah, the the stuff in there was absolutely amazing. So if you do that for me, and then that's the sort of thing you do for a client, I mean, wow, like that, it really does stand out. And as we were just talking about the, the, the importance of helping the host, especially in this arena, I mean, that makes things so much easier. So I think it's a fantastic thing.
0: Yeah. So I've been a producer so what that online press kit is is me as a producer thinking what do i want as a host and producer so i've done the inverse of that and presented that to you and you're right my job is to make your job easier i want you to say yes because i want to come on your show i want to reach your audience and i want to share my knowledge and help and teach people right so what do you need to get that done and that's what that is and i don't want you to have to spend hours trying to find all my social media so I would rather go in there going here's my media here's the company's media and you just have to go click 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 so in having presented that to you I would like to save you time now with the topics I'm not telling you what to say but it helps you think go down the rabbit hole oh that's of interest to me I'll cherry pick that one and then you make your own decisions so I think that's the job of the guest it's not just a hey can I come on your show it's helping the host um lay the foundation for where they want to take the show and just giving them a starting point
1: Mm. and and you your your business helps people do this that's right isn't it so what what does your what does your process look like with your clients
0: so i do a pretty well we do a online audit of everything they've got. And then we discuss the talking points and topics because people will come and say, Hey, I want to be on a podcast, but their website not, might not be great. Their um, headshots might not be great. So we make sure all the assets are in place before we pitch someone because it needs to be good enough. And also a lot of experts and authors, They know what they're an expert in their field, but funnily enough, they still, they, they say, I don't really know what to talk about, even though you've written a book about it and you know, all the things. So I will interview the people and then extract, they'll talk and I'll be like, right, that thing. And then I'll go further, 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 further and extract it, then repackage it and make it into, we call it clickbait that actually delivers. And that is something that makes it appealing to you. It has to deliver on it. Right. But my job is to get you to read the pitch and then you as a host will go through and vet, vet the person. Um, but it's to get you to open that email because we know that getting on podcasts and any media is competitive. So we need to offer the best talking point that will appeal to your audience, that will appeal to you and that the client can um, offer, speak in the white space that hasn't already been spoken about. So it's finding it's finding those gaps so what is nobody else talking about but should be
1: would you would you suggest somebody that's starting out goes straight for the big boys or do they start small or is there a mix i mean because i can imagine having a a a spot on a on a a podcast that has an awful lot of listeners and is well known can do an awful lot for your credibility but at the same time if you're not quite as experienced there's a risk inherent in that so do you have a kind of almost a, a a bedding in process when it comes to to doing this
0: Absolutely. So it depends on where you are. Everyone guaranteed the first person they say to me is I want to be on the Tim Ferriss show. Who doesn't want to be on the Tim Ferriss show? He's amazing. Love him. However, If you have two followers and have never done an interview and just say you get on the Tim Ferriss show, are you going to be able to speak clearly, to stay on message, to do all the things? Do you have the back end if all this traffic comes to your site and do you have the value to offer the clients? Maybe not. So I would rather go on smaller shows and work my way up to that. So by the time I got there, I have everything in place and I will absolutely nail it than going for that show up front. So it would be the equivalent of wanting to be on the Today Show, Good Morning America, whatever the giant shows are, um, without having gone on your local regional market. So that is that is the best thing that you can do. And before you even do that, like I said, um, practice before you even go on those shows because it is public, it is there forever, you do want to nail it and um, – it is it's like walking up a staircase
1: and this is a long term investment isn't it it's not something you sort of go all right i'm going to give it a go for a month and see how it goes so what what sort of time frame would you suggest that someone should be looking at investing minimum and then how many i guess appearances is a good starting point to aim for say per week per month whatever that might be
0: yeah so the co- the common number that people tend to do is about four per month the thing with podcasting as you would know is you can get booked on it you've got a picture show they've got to say yes then you've got to schedule it and then you've got to record it and then it's got to be released so there is a bit of a different timeline to traditional media that is you know the magazine comes out this date the publishing date closes this date so you really can batch and dispatch. So if you want to do a podcast tour once a quarter, once every six months, you absolutely can do that because it's up to the host and yourself of just, like I said, pick, picking that scheduling time. So you do have to just put a number on it, whatever you're comfortable with. If you're that introvert person and you just want to get yourself four podcasts to get going, then start start with that if you're pitching yourself or if you have a goal and you want to do like 20, put the number on that and just see what you can do and then see if you can batch it because you are doing it on your own schedule, either from office or at home. So, with that, so there's no travel. So it's absolutely possible to do that. And just know you might have to send 10 pictures to get that one. Yes. And even if you record it today, it might not come out for another six months. So, and then you can do the measurement on the other side of it when they finally are released to how, what is the ROI on the audience and also the host. So I would say track it. Otherwise, how will you ever know that it's been a success if you have no metric or measurement?
1: It's about consistency, isn't it? And, and if that consistency is slower over a longer period or if it's batched all in one and maybe at the beginning, it's actually a good thing to try and batch it because you're repeating your talking points, your message over and over and over again. So you actually get better and then that sort of I can't remember the uh, the neurological term, but it, it sort of embeds itself into your mind and you just get more comfortable and all the rest of it. And you get better over time. You will probably look back on your first one and go, oh, my God, I hate that. That was horrible. I didn't like it. But you get better. It's like anything. You know, we had to learn to walk at one time. Right. So it's uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is this. I, I think there are so many benefits to this. Um, First of all, it doesn't cost you anything in, in advertising, um, and if you target the right kind of podcast with the right audience, it can do an awful lot for your business. So, is there is as an interview or, or as an interviewee, is there ever uh, is there a question that you you're always itching to ask, but nobody ever asks you, and you just wish the interviewer asked you that question? Is there, is there one that stands out for you?
0: No, I don't I don't think so. But I would say that there is absolutely a technique in answering questions and being prepared if the host isn't prepared. So that is obviously not this case, but that's something to think about as an interviewee as well is sometimes you have to ask and answer your own questions or redirect questions to ensure you get your messaging out but not sound like a sleazy salesman or a robot, right? So if you're an author and the person hasn't read the book, then you need to be able to introduce that and in your talking points Um, knowing that they haven't read the book and help the interviewer. So sometimes you need to control it from the inside without taking over the interview. And that's, again, where if you're going on the Tim Ferriss show or whatever the big show is, you won't necessarily have those skills yet. So that's where the practising on the smaller shows and moving up is beneficial. Also, the other other thing with smaller shows is don't discount them because if you get in early on a smaller show, shows that stick around get to be bigger. And if you're there in the early days, you're more likely to get invited back as a guest because you've supported those shows and those shows that get bigger, um, they're going to be harder to get on later. And you've already been there. And that's something that we've seen with our clients where we could get our clients on there earlier and now they're so big. And it's funny that you say Will Smith because I went back to one of them and they're asking for feedback and they said, well, we're looking at, you know, Will Smith and The Rock where a couple of years ago, I was getting my clients on there. So don't discount the smaller shows. Know that you may need to practice your interviewee skills and help the host if they're not as far along on their journey. Um, But as far as being asked questions, I think not no, I think that um I'm always happy with the questions that I've asked. I don't think there's anything that I wish is there is there anything that you wish that you'd been asked in interviews before adam uh,
1: Plenty i guess um I, I think for me it's it's all about the context of the conversation um I think that there's there's sometimes something that you always want to sort of you know bring out, and it's it's your sort of your your golden egg in a way it's it's the one piece of advice that you always want to give but sometimes it just never comes out in the conversation or the, the the questions don't go that route and yeah sometimes I can come off of them and think I just wish I'd been asked this in a slightly different way because I know that would have really helped the audience and maybe that's from me not being necessarily as practiced uh, being able to maybe sort of dodge those questions and and again, yeah it's a skill that I'm working on one of the best ways I've found working on that is listening to other podcasts and listening to really good people that are interviewed but also You know, like them or love them, listen to politicians being interviewed. They are absolute masters.
0: I was about to say the exact same thing. If you want to see the best people that do a redirection of a question to get their point out, look at politicians. I'm not suggesting that you mimic them, but look at the technique. They've all been highly media trained. They stay on message. They will repeat the same thing. They also have their sound bites and maybe that's something that you can practice so if your golden egg as you call it which I love that um, doesn't come up you can say that's a really great question I'd like and, and answer it and say something I'd also like to address something I'd also get asked frequently something that I think would really benefit your audience whatever transition phrase that you, you want to use and then go are these three things or whatever they are the rule of threes also always works well and then and then list them. So you've respected and answered the question, but also redirected it. And then that repositions the discussion and the golden egg um, that, that might go in a whole line of questioning based on that. The host, depending on their experience, may take it back if they're just on a, on a freight train of they're not able to go with the conversation. But if they are, you've just repositioned to your area of expertise that you really want to talk about.
1: And I think that little tip that may well have sort of slipped in and, and not been noticed and I'm gonna bring it out a little bit. The the idea of transition phrases. Because that is that is a term that maybe doesn't compute for a lot of people, but the importance of having those kind of things. And that isn't just in terms of being interviewed on a podcast. A transition phase when you're having a conversation with a prospect is vital. And it's 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 the ability to sort of take a question but then reframe it to something that's more valuable. Or that you know is going to be more valuable to either the person receiving it, or the interviewer, or the audience, or something like that. And maybe it's a question of yeah, practicing or just having a list of of possible transition phrases. Because I find, for me, that's the bit I might fumble over. It's the oh, um, rather than just saying no, 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 that's not what I meant. It's having a, a more natural way of actually transitioning away from the specific question, because it might not be asked in the right way or positioned. I don't know. Um, But yeah, I think that the art of transitioning in so many areas is is a vital skill. It's one I'm working on. Um, So yeah, I I think that that is a, a, a very, very good tip there just to have a think about what particular transition phrases you could use and just so it's not robotic as well.
0: Yeah, and even just writing them down in your own language so you you feel comfortable with them and you can pull them out and if you practice them, the, the, it's in your brain and you're just ready to do it. So it's like, great question, answer it, something I'd also love to focus on. So you've respected the question but then redirected it and then just have a, have a number of those in the bag and then you'll just one day you'll just do it, you won't even know that you're doing it because you'll become so skilled at it but it is the practice and it is the skill set. So that's why I think sometimes winging it is a little bit of a waste um, because if you don't have this repertoire then you may have you may get to the end of the interview and feel disappointed and it is a skill base
1: i, I I'm sure everybody listening can can hear the uh, the expertise and the experience um, you know flowing into their ears from from what you've been talking about because yeah you, you you clearly have the expertise in this area so if anyone would like to have some of that expertise transition to you pun intended maybe <laughs> i don't know um, what's the best way to either uh, have a conversation with you to check out what you do or potentially work with you um, your your website is the talent squad is it thetalentsquad.com
0: yeah it's thetalentsquad.com If you go there, it's the easiest thing to remember. If you're cooking the dinner in the car, walking the dog, walking your baby in the middle of the night at the witching hour, like we were talking about, then, um, yeah, thetalentsquad.com. You'll find everything you need there.
1: Awesome. And um, what, what, what are the kind of people that would be ideally suited to checking that out? So, so, what's it's, an ideal client for Yeah,
0: you? it's usually entrepreneurs and authors, and people that are looking for exposure for their personal and business brand, and that are looking for niche engaged audiences. So, um, that's the best benefit of podcasts.
1: And uh, your your unique um, talent is that you you help them do all of this and turn up and have great conversations, well prepared, well drilled, well trained, so that your expertise comes across. And the audience reacts to that by getting in contact, inquiring, and ultimately revenue into your business. And I think that is a fantastic offer. So yeah, check out what Kelly does because the, the importance of authority when it comes to today's crazy world of information being pumped at us all over the place. Um, the confused mind says, no, we tune so much stuff out. But the ability to position yourself as authority, is it's like the ultimate social proof that cuts through all of that noise. It's better than any testimonial, any case study, any review, any of that. So if you haven't considered doing this, check out what Kelly does, have a conversation and see where your business goes as a result. So Kelly, I am so grateful, um, first of all, for coming on the show. Second of all, for uh, enduring the, uh, the, the, the tech issues, which could well have been caused by the terrible British weather that we're having. And um, yeah, it's third of all for, <laughs> for staying up so late because it's, it's past uh, 10 o'clock I think for you uh, now. So um, I massively appreciate um, all of that. So thank you for your, uh, your, your, your insight and your expertise.
0: Thank you, Adam. It's been an absolute pr- pleasure. let me see if i can get my words right it's been it's quarter
1: past 10 i understand it's fine (laughs) yeah it's late for you
0: it's been an absolute pleasure and um the prep work that you've done and the way that you've handled the interview has been so good so i think also people are looking to have examples of podcast hosts or to host their own podcasts and this podcast is an excellent example of how to do it right as a host
1: well thank you very much i um I'm going to I'm going to walk off after this with a little skip in my skip. So uh, <laughs> thank you ever so much. So, yeah, um, make sure you check out the uh, check out the uh, the talent squad.com. dot um, Take a look at what Kelly does. And um, one thing I might think about doing, Kelly, if it's OK with you, is is maybe put some uh, a link to a few of the examples of your stuff that you've put out there in terms of when you are approaching um hosts and just an example of what your one sheets look like and all that kind of thing if i put that in the show notes because as i say it's by far the most thorough that i've ever received and i think there's a lot of value to be to be had from sort of seeing that so i'm kind of putting you on the spot by asking you that but would you be okay with it
0: oh, I, oh yes The thetalentsquad.com press kit I already have a special link for it. So if you'd like to see an example of my press kit, you're welcome to go there. And yeah, that's something we do for clients, but I also highly recommend that you do it for yourself and your business as well.
1: And yeah, as I say, it's by far the, the most impressive that I've, I've ever seen since hosting the show. So check it out. So Kelly, thank you ever so much. And, um, I guess it's time to say happy fishing.
0: Ahoy. Thank you, Adam.
1: Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen this one and I'm truly grateful for that. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love if you could just take a few quick minutes to share your thoughts and leave an honest rating review for the show over on iTunes. It's not only important for helping others discover the show, but I also read each and every submission personally and they really do mean the world to me. So thanks very much in in advance and happy fishing.